0: Love black queens with introspective See the world from a dope perspective Type that's real heavy on the intellect podcast we can't be the only ones clapping to me i'm gail i'm b Woohoo! how you doing
1: i'm doing well yourself i'm doing all right (laughs) clap stone in
0: I'm doing my doing my happy chair, happy cheer, cheer, cheer enunciation. Sometimes I lack. Okay, got a little situated here. All right, so as we open as usual, we will have our moment of gratitude. Let me guess. I go first. Uh-huh. Yes. Woohoo! Well, I would have to say. I mean, it's almost like I, I i don't want to keep repeating myself, but I would have to say it's the people around me that I'm very grateful for. Good. You know, that they cheer me on. They help pick me up. And the other thing that they also do, they allow me to take part in their world and to cheer them up and just enjoy what life has to offer all of us good and because not I'm, I'm I was surprised to learn this week from a friend that I talk to frequently but I learned that another friend of ours has no family and just kind of isolated because because of the because of the pandemic her um, immune system it was compromised and anyway and because of the pandemic she is quite isolated Mm -hmm. and she doesn't have any family it's just her Mm -hmm. and her job is she's still being paid but where she lives she doesn't apparently not very close to people because of the pandemic and people are afraid to go around her they don't want her to get sick yeah And um, so I'm very grateful that I'm around people that interact, that I don't have something that compromises me. Mm -hmm. And there's Ryston, all situated on top of everything. So I'm very grateful for that because, you know, at times you think, woe is me. But my grandmother used to have a saying, you, you know, you feel bad because you don't have shoes. Then you meet a man with no feet.
1: Mm-hmm. So I, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, that's a good thing. And that's a good perspective. Again, a lot of the times, like, social interactions and who we have around us basically make our lives. So, yes. you know, if you have no one, that's so unfortunate, like to not be able to bounce and pick somebody up and have them pick you up. Like all of that stuff matters and it matters the quality, not necessarily the quantity. I wouldn't say that the amount of people you have in your life matters, but the qualities that they have and that they bring forth truly does matter. Yes, it does. So I'm hoping that she finds, you know, some semblance of, you know, friendship to kind of get her through it, so.
0: Well, and the friend I was speaking with, G has had both of her vaccines, her and her husband,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: they're retired and situated well financially, you know, so they're going to take a trip and fly out there and spend some time with her.
1: Cool. Cool. That's nice.
0: Yes. So, and maybe try to set her up on some kind of Zoom thing or something where we could reach out more frequently.
1: Nice. Well, I am grateful for practice. I am grateful that um I am able to I think a lot of people tend to think that like you get good at something just by share. Like and I know that there are some natural, talented people in the world that are just good at, you know, they pick up a violin and they're Beethoven, you know, or they pick up a violin and they're yo-yo-ma. And you're just like,
0: hmm. So outside of... (laughs) You have to see the face, folks.
1: (laughs) So outside of, like, those people who are prodigies, I think a lot of what we do in life is practice, whether it's good or bad. But... For me, I'm so grateful that I have been able to practice certain skills and reinforce it because the more you practice, especially if it's an intentional thing that you say you want to do, the more you're able to cultivate it and it becomes second nature and your brain doesn't even have to think about it. So I am just so grateful that I am able to see certain things and say, hey, I want to try that. So let me try it and practice it to see how it goes versus, you know, being complacent and saying, oh, this is just the way it is. I'm not good at it. So I'm just going to continue to be not good at it. And I'm grateful that I have the energy, the time and the passion to continue to still practice. So I'm grateful for the art of practicing. That's pretty good because uh,
0: I like to be more grateful for an art of practicing. Because yeah. it you do have it does take time, and you you're right about complacency. Yeah. And we don't address complacency. No, not not a lot. We label it other stuff. Yeah, we're, we're busy. Jobs away, family. Is. This has happened. That's happened. This is how we've always done it. It's too much money. We have yeah. a list of reasons to not even try, and it's really complacency. Mm-hmm. I like that. Hmm. Well, now this is my week's topic, and if you've been listening for a while, you know I never really have a topic, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> have events, but I have to say that. Uh, the events of the past couple of weeks in my life have been very trying emotionally and just I don't I'm not in any type of preparedness to speak of them in an out loud voice that I I would not be overcome emotionally Mm. so we won't be doing that okay but I I did want to talk about some things that Berlin and two things actually. I like we talked before about complacency.
1: Yeah, earlier this week. And
0: I, I kind of, I've been home this week because of um, having um, grave illnesses in my family and also family members passing, friends passing, and um, so I have been home and able to take the time to sort out my emotions and not to pack them up and put them away Mm -hmm. to actually sort them out. And in our conversation of complacency, we also talked about baggage Mm -hmm. that normally I would have found a very large emotional Mm -hmm. suitcase Mm -hmm. and put everything in. And at some point that suitcase blows up. And you generally take it out on the wrong people. And there's no one really that should be taken out on. Mm-hmm. It's just that you pack your emo- emotional baggage and it just blows up. As so- It can only hold so much. Yeah, And it is complacent that we do that. It's easier mm-hmm. than to work it out. Mm-hmm. And so during this process of this week, I found out a couple things about myself. And because I believe I cannot be the only one.
1: Hence our show's (laughs) title.
0: (laughs) I think other people are going through the same thing, particularly now. I mean, can you pick up a news... Well, we don't do newspapers, Gayle. Showing your age there. You can't pick up the telephone or open up your laptop. You don't hear that someone else famous has passed or... There's been a horrific accident someplace or a shootout someplace where people have died. So we're all being touched by it in some way. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say how I have dealt with it and maybe it will help someone else. Okay. And I think one of the things that I actually did and I didn't do, I have a licensed therapist (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) that in my deepest, darkest time, I did not pick up the phone, text, call, email, nothing to her. And I can't be the only one that has a therapist on dial. And when I did finally get to her this week, she was like, why didn't you reach out to me? And I was like, I didn't know that I could. I thought I had to wait for my appointment. And maybe there's, maybe I'm just that stupid. <laughs> Are there other people out there that have professional help and think, um, I I can wait till the to the time that I, I my scheduled appointment. I, I mean, do we do that with other medical appointments as well? We're bleeding profusely somewhere and we just wrap it up. Ah, or we just take medication that's not prescribed to kill the pain of a pain that is just a something ain't right about that or find a lump and just go on like the lump will go away we we have resources and we are not using them I know that was a resource if I had found a lump in my breast Mm -hmm. I'd have been toting it off to the doctor like I don't care what's going on. I don't care what's happening at work. I got to go to the doctor. This is the only time she has to see me, so I'm getting in there. But my emotional lump, I just let it get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger bigger until it just blew up.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of the time, like it's easy if it's a physical ailment because it's like a pain, you know, like. But I think, You know, you want to, with most technology and where we are now, medically, you'll at least get to the root of the issue and might even be, you know, there's a pill for that. There's that. But then, like, our mental health isn't a priority. It's not even a priority. It's a stigma even amongst black people to talk about their mental health issues or things that are going on because somehow, some way... Like it's a pie in the sky and it doesn't exist, but you take it everywhere you go with you. Like your brain is with you all the time. Your thoughts are with you all the time. And I think again, to your, you know, I've had, I have a therapist as well. And so last week, I go to her every two weeks I don't go weekly so um there was something that occurred and I was like there's just too much going on and I sent her a text um that Monday last Monday I was like look this isn't a an emergency but there's a lot going on can I schedule a time to just speak to you whenever you're open and available and she said sure so then I was able to kind of just Say what it was that I needed to say, talk about things, because there's sometimes like, if I would have waited another week and a half to say what I could have said then, it just would have eaten me whole. Because again, you have anxiety, you have different things, and it was just such a like relief just to speak to someone. And be able to say, this is what I'm feeling like. This is what's going on right now. And to be heard. And again, sometimes I feel very fortunate that I am able to have a therapist and be able to speak to someone that can help me see things. Because the work is mine. Not necessarily her. She's not with me, you know, the other hours of the week. Two weeks. Right. Like those are all solely she's my not
0: video, she's not on Zoom following you around. Yeah, she's not, girl, don't do that.
1: Girl don't <laughs> do that. She's just there. She's not
0: checking the camera every evening going, We need to talk.
1: <laughs> yes. So it, it is what it is. It's like, you know, part of it is when you do need help to be able to ask for help as needed. But then I think part of it is that we just don't as a as a whole and as a community, um, and I'm speaking directly to Black people because I've never been white. But within the Black community, there is <laughs> what? Of course, you haven't. <laughs> you
0: say that like there was an option somewhere. I'm just saying like, today I'm going to try whiteness and see how that goes.
1: Yeah. No, I could do that. So <laughs> I'm just like at the same time, I'm just like reach out to your resources and you know who cares what your mama may think of you doing therapy or what your spouse may think of you having therapy. If you need help, you need help. And I think, um, sometimes we just stigmatize it so much and that's the way that generational curses aren't, you know, broken. That's the same way that your own things that you're holding on to that could be free that you're just carrying around with you, um, just because, you know, it's stigmatized. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong. I think it's more harm to yourself to not get the help you need, or not seek the help you need than to carry it on your own. Because like you said earlier, having a social circle, or having people that you can give to and you know they can give back to you that's an you feel seen Mm -hmm. you feel seen and you feel heard and again not everybody has friends that have the capability to do that but again if there are resources that are available I would generally very much say so to people just go ahead and see what you can do. And I, I normally tell my friends, I have a friend that's moving and starting a new job in, a, in another city. And I told him, I was like, you should see about getting a therapist. I said, not because something's wrong with you, but you have two major life changes happening. Which At is, once. Yes. So you're leaving a place that you've known to go to another city that you've never been to or lived in which is a stressor, and then you're starting a new job, which is a stressor as well. So I'm like, you may, you're going to encounter things and you may just need a sounding board. So even if it's for three months or however long, don't don't let that slip if it's a resource that you can tap into.
0: Particularly, and if you have a job that pays for it. Yeah. They would want you to. Yeah. And the the other thing, okay, for me, it was a therapist, also my church, and you know, I, I'm sure my Christian friends are listening, and going, "You should have been praying." Well, sometimes it's you can't pray. You something can't even for do that. You just so in deep into it. But the 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 whole thing is, if you're that deep into it, the problem is not that so much has come at you the problem is back to your gratitude of practice we have not practiced things to pull us out yeah i mean you don't go to the ocean and suddenly say i'm going to swim way out there where i don't see the waves so much and you don't know how to swim some people do well yeah but let's mm-hmm. let's hope they don't but so unless you practice it or you go out every every time you go out, i'm gonna go a little further see how i handle it then you go a little further until you got it down you know it's like learning to surf mm-hmm. you don't get a go by a surfboard in a wetsuit and jump on it and sail on in it you, you have to practice it so you have to practice well-being And not Mm -hmm. to say that you're not going to have a time that will come that it all may come so fast and furious at you. You may not, you may feel like you're drowning and the water is, is, didn't you have to practice also finding a, a middle calmness. For some people, it's like a friend of mine, she, have a, she has a quick scripture that will come to her head.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's
0: always that scripture. And she just starts repeating it in her head, repeating it, repeating it. And she finds center again. And then she can do something. And uh, I, I, you you have to practice that. And even when you practice it, there's going to come a time that you may not. That's why you need to have people around you that recognize that in you and say, hey, you need to come on back. Come back here because you're really off center and you're just. And for me, it's it's my brother Bertie. Mm-hmm. And Bertie never says to me, you're really off the beaten path here, girl. He never, and he doesn't use that voice anyway. He mm-hmm. yeah, has a deeper voice. But he never says that to me. What Bertie does is he'll call me every day. Just call to see how you know, how you know. All right, love you. And that's it. Mm -hmm. He'll send me a scripture. And just just a little constant reminder of you're not in this alone, you're okay. Yeah. And that's something that my mother used to do when she was alive. Somehow my mother would always sense when I was in trouble or in over my head and the phone would ring and my mom was there. And and when I say that we fought like cats and dogs, but when mm-hmm. it came time to when either of us needed something, we were always there. And she was always there. She never missed a beat. And you need people, but you also need to listen to them. Well, yeah. You need to be able to, to listen to them. And part of all of that comes with practicing. Practicing your faith. If that's what it is that that brings you through, Um, if it's meditation, if it's it could be taking a nap. Some people need to go take a nap, wake up
1: refreshed and can take on the world. And I think part of it, too, is routine. Um, I you, you have to somehow envelop into your daily life something that makes you feel good. And I think a lot of the times we wait until everything's gone wrong and then we try to find ways to feel good. Yeah. And then it's like that's that's another task that you put on yourself because you don't feel good and so you're not really going to want to seek anything. So you're basically scrambling. Or you want to steal it from others. Yes. Or you So then you start to scramble around to try to find what makes you feel good. But this is me speaking personally. Like, that's part of the reason why I have Taco Tuesday every week. Since Alina's been like three years old, I've eaten a taco on Tuesday or Wednesday. But a taco happens in a week. And part of that is the routine that I have this to look forward to every week. And then a few... Maybe even last year, I don't know when I started the take care portion of it, where then I just tried to do something every Tuesday that would add to me being able to take care of myself, whether it was a foot soak, whether it was me getting my nails done, whether it was me doing my hair, something on a Tuesday that would be something that I like to do to explore and to take care of myself so that way when things do go awry i at least know hey, Berlin, you got a foot soak coming in or hey, Berlin, you you can do yoga on saturday at the park with your friends outdoors or you know we have the book club there's something to look forward to that sometimes is community-based And sometimes it's just within yourself, like you're reading or whatever, but you have something that you can pull from. And a lot of times we don't cultivate something we can pull from. We're just going through our days and we're not carving out that moment to say, this is about me. This is what I need. And some people view it as selfish. And I can tell you that I don't care if you think I'm selfish because you're not in my head. But when I need to then pull into hey, today was kind of a rough day or there's a situation that's going on that's rough, I have something I can pull through that will soothe me. And not a lot of, I think a lot of people are just like, until the crisis hits, then you're like, oh, shit. What am I supposed to do? And you could have been doing this the whole time.
0: Or you look for other people to do it for you. And it's not their job. Well, I and when you speak of selfish, just a, a little sidebar here. Uh, my grandmother used to say um, about selfish people,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and she used to say, "Oh, there's a good selfish and there's a bad selfish." And you'd be like, "Hmm." I always thought selfish was bad because people make selfish seem bad, and she said, "No, there's a selfish person that takes care of themselves." And then that selfish person who's been taking care of themselves will be able to help you when you need it. Yeah. She said, there is a selfish person that's bad that even when you need help, they go, no, I can't. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is my box of cookies. You may be starving, but um, hmm, no. (laughs) She said, there's a difference. There's a person that has bakes every week and has cookies. And every week they do this because they know maybe somebody might need a cookie, but they bake them because they love them and they enjoy them. And then you come along and want a cookie. Well, I have plenty. Here, take a cookie. She said, but they selfishly bake them every week, no matter what's going on, they're going to do this because that makes them feel good. They Mm -hmm. feel better about themselves. She said, it's nothing wrong about being that type of selfish. Yeah. She said, but the bad part is when you won't share your world with someone else because, and she said, those people usually lose everything they have Mm -hmm. because they hold so tight to it. They squeeze it to death. Mm -hmm. So, and and that being said, back on with the, it, it was very helpful to me to talk to her. And the other thing that, it brought out is to the fact, one, that we have resources that we don't use. Mm -hmm. Two, we're not making a practice of being self-care, taking care of self-care, looking after ourselves Mm -hmm. so that, you know, we are not that we're going to be prepared. No one's ever prepared really for tragic things that happen. But at least, It doesn't throw you to the ground and and pin you to the floor. Yeah. And also, you learn to stop doing some unhealthy things when things happen. Yeah. And because most people are geared to run to unhealthy things. Yeah. Like drinking too much, drugs. And it's unhealthy to
1: ignore it. Yeah, it ends up being like a... What's the word I'm looking for? Not a withdrawal. I mean, some people withdraw too. But it ends up being like a a bomb. That you're sitting on. That Not a bomb, like a bomb, B-A-L-M. Like a, a salve or something like okay. that. And so it's just there to kind of soothe you in that moment so you don't have to deal with the problem. But at, as an escapism and the, the, the problem doesn't it's the, like the
0: this, this suitcase
1: Yeah, you the problem never goes away you're just dragging it along so again I'm not I will say this when it comes to most things that occur to me I'd rather just face it and then move on because I I don't have because the longer I sit on it the worse it gets and the bigger it gets and the more fearful it gets that then you're like, oh, wait, I'm looking at it, it's looking at me, I'm looking at it, and it's looking at me. And then no one moves because it's just gotten to the point where you avoided it. And it's scary now to avoid it because it's gotten so big. So Mm -hmm. for me personally, I'd rather just knock that shit out of the way in the beginning. Like, oh, there's a problem right now. Let me go ahead and do take care of this so then I can move on. Because sometimes that problem sometimes isn't that big. Or the thing that you're afraid to tackle or talk about, you've made it so much bigger in your head than what it actually is. And even if it is that big, then maybe you can now take the next step to resolve it. But if you just leave it in the corner, where is it going? And life just continues to happen.
0: It doesn't stop.
1: It, it doesn't stop it. because you have this one thing that you have put on pause. It just continues to happen. So then what happens when the next thing happens? You put that in the corner as well. The next thing happens and you put that in the corner as well. And so now you have a pile of issues. You're an emotional hoarder. Yeah, to sort through. You don't know where to begin, and if you take one out, you're afraid that all of it will fall on top of you. Yep. So to me, I try to keep my little emotional stuff in a a nice little, you know, I'll, I'll get to you when I get to you. But, for the most part, let me tackle it so that it's, but you get to it, yes, but I will get to you. I don't want a pile of anxiety, you know self worthlessness, you know all of this stuff just bombarding me where I don't even know where to begin because I think it suffocates you, and I think unfortunately, because of the fact that we're in a pandemic and the fact that. Not everybody has access to mental health resources. That unfortunately, there are a lot of people suffocating and they don't know where to go. And that's something that we as a society should be really asking to change because we might survive the pandemic. But we're going to come out of it, a lot of us are going to come out of it more broken than we were before. And we need to at least fix them. In my head, this is my thinking, um, that we should start to fix the issues before it gets so bad.
0: And I think you're right. There will be more people broken than we realize because we don't realize it now.
1: No, we're still in the thick (coughs) of it.
0: So we don't realize who's who's doing well and who is not. Yeah. And we haven't gotten to the point where we're actually communicating well with each other. No. <coughs> this isn't COVID, people. <coughs> but we can't talk about vaccines. I'm for them.
1: Uh, it's up to you. I got yeah. my vaccine, so I don't care what nobody else does. That's your business. Uh, are you okay? Yes, yeah, my
0: allergies. I can feel the post nasal drip. Oh, sorry. Some people might find
1: that disgusting.
0: Uh, okay. Oh. Well, practice makes, well, some, they say sometimes practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. In this particular case, emotionally, practice makes release easy. If you don't practice it, you won't be going after it. You
1: won't be able to release it. You must practice it. Uh, When I woke (laughs) up this morning, the first thought that came in my mind was what you practice, you become. Mm -hmm. Whether or not you're aware of the practice or not. And I'd rather be in the practice of being self-aware. I'd rather know what I'm practicing than just let things happen to me as they come. And I'm like, well, this is just who I am. Like that, I I would never want to tell someone, this is just who I am. Because quite frankly, why should they accept it?
0: Well, if they believe that's who they are, then
1: yeah so
0: I don't know threw up the flag this is who I am
1: yeah so this again but when it comes to things that require work I, I still feel like you you practice what you become being more kinder being more gentler being you know active listening you know being more of a friend you know being a drunken alcoholic being you know well and I think some people have to
0: get out of their own way some people get in their head and they won't say things that they should say Mm -hmm. because I don't want to lose that person as a friend or I don't want to offend this person or they won't like me if I say that. They may not like you anyway.
1: Well, you know, this is my year (laughs) of radical vulnerability. So what I'm just, from what you're saying, that's just you not even being able to be vulnerable.
0: Well, yeah, and they, that's a that's something that again you have to practice that, and you may need help doing it. Mm-hmm. You may need a, a counselor, your pastor. I, I don't know if friends are always a good place to start unless they happen to be psychologists, because people are dealing with stuff you don't know about. Mm-hmm. But that is something that you need to work on, and one of the things like. Uh, I just heard a guy that was speaking, a pastor, and he said like four things that really impressed me, that made me think all about this and, and put it into perspective. How you start your day is so important. Uh-huh. If you wake up dreading things, you're you're going to have a day of dread. The whole day is dreads going to keep coming at you. If you're going to wake up, oh, look, this is, you know, I go to work and, oh, I hate that job. Well, okay. You've already said you're going to go to work hating that job. It, it's not going to be that great a day. Mm-hmm. Or if you wake up and say, oh, I feel aches and pains. Well, there you go. Here's your day is already down. It is so hard to climb out of the pit. Uh And I will speak for myself. It is so hard to climb out the pit you put yourself in. Mm. So no matter whether you love your job, hate your job, have an ache and pain, if you can wake up in the morning and say, Good morning, God, or thank you, Lord. Or if you don't believe that, just be happy that you opened your eyelids and saw today. Yeah, because as there's a lot of people who did not, they won't have time to have a do over. They won't have time to walk and see a beautiful flower, see a sunset. They won't be able to feel the warmth of the sun beaming on them. You know, they will not have that. And there's plenty of people who wake up, who will wake up and still not have it. Yes. So when you start out your day in, in in as positive a way, no matter what's going on, because being in a positive frame of mind, there's nothing. You'll still be able to survive your day better than if you already wake up in a bad mood. You already put yourself there. What do you think's going to happen with the rest of the day? Yeah. Sometimes a little thing will look gigantic to you because you already in, you know, the crapper. Yeah. So try to start out the day as positive as one can, because I promise you, you're going to be something, you know, either it's going to pop up on your cell phone, you might slip down the steps might stub your toe on the door facing and break it and have to go to the doctor and find out your toe is broken i mean it could just go all kinds of ways mm-hmm. you know that that man that you love and think the world of you know somebody sends you a picture and there with someone else <laughs> It just
1: could go on. Thank you, girl. No.
0: Well, not you.
1: <laughs> I, I, I know. I was like, oh my god. This I is mean, just... yeah. But I mean, but if you
0: start your day out and let's say those same things happen, you start out in a positive move and you stub your toe, you're like, oh, well, I only the toe. I'm good. I can still walk.
1: Yeah. I can still get to where I'm going. Thank you. But even that's sometimes hard to kind of look on. It's like a half empty half full of the glass you know that that still requires a level of practice well that's if yeah. you have to put a sign above your bed a sign
0: of where something that when you wake up that says good morning beautiful yeah you know not ask you a question how do you feel today no i because I, I know somebody who has those signs all over their house You know, what are you going to do to make the day productive? That might just be too much. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That may be like, what? I'm not even out the bathroom and I got to be productive. First of all, I'd be like, I don't even know what that means because this is my day to do nothing. And can we stop? If I could say, like, I think a lot of the times, too, that we just don't sit our asses down just to do nothing. I mean, no distractions, like just nothing. Have a car about 30 minutes if you can, 15, five. Start small. If you can only get five, then just five. Where you just are not, you're with yourself and you're aware of what your body feels like and what you're thinking and. However, I think that makes a difference. I think, again, a lot of us are on go because life just doesn't give us the time to say, oh, I'm going to take a weekend to myself and do nothing. You know, some of us are afforded that opportunity to do so. And even when some of us do have the opportunity to do so, we fill it up so that we're not, we don't have to be with ourselves. But you are your home. It doesn't matter what community you live in, what apartment you live in, what penthouse you live in, you are your home. That's just a house. And if your home is in disarray, much it's it's just a, yeah. a symptom <clears> of <throat> uh, so again, it's like if you for me taking a little a lot of bit of time, I might be on a lot of bit of time for taking time to myself, but I think part of it is that we live in a society that tells us we have to be productive. Why? Why can't you not do nothing? But see, I think you're
0: looking as a society, we're looking at production in wrong in that manner. Sometimes your production is you, Mm -hmm. and we see production as all the things outside of us. Mm -hmm. But you know, maybe you need to take five or ten minutes a day to make that production you. Yeah. Be be, <coughs> be selfish. And now, the other thing is, look for something good in everyone and everything. And don't always pretend that everything is good when it is not. Mm-hmm. And you might think that's, well, you just said look for something good. Then on the other hand, you don't want to pretend it's good when it's not. Well, because then you're lying to yourself. Mm -hmm. But so don't lie to yourself. But there is you can always find something good in something. There's always good because good and evil go hand in hand. Light and dark. Hey, you can't have dark when you got light. So if you put more positive things in you, if you wake up, thank you, God, that I'm here. And you see happiness and joy and try to share that with others in your day. And don't always see, you know, that irritating person that you work with and think, oh, here they come. Just go, wow, they showed up for work today. Great. That's something I don't have to do because they're here. Mm -hmm. Find something in, in, in a positive way. And that will lift you up. When you can lift up others, it lifts you up.
1: Yeah. And on top of it, you know, I think journaling, I tend to do um, voice memos. Like especially if I'm driving alone and I'm having and I want to think something through, but not like just talk out loud. I will go ahead and record a voice memo of how I'm feeling at that moment. Whether or not that feeling is good, bad, indifferent, sad, angry, however. But just to be able to take that moment and just get it out.
0: I thought I was the only one who did that. I've been doing that ever since cell phones.
1: Yeah. but I even think...
0: before cell phones, I still have stuff on little tape recorders, the little ones.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> A mini cassette. Yeah. Yeah, but take the time to really just... Sometimes it's just saying it out loud and thinking it out loud, and then saying, okay, I at least got it out loud, even if it was just to myself, or even if it was just on a paper, you know, like just to say, at this moment, this is how I'm feeling. I feel sad. I feel happy about the situation. I'm completely in shock about the situation. And then just writing down how you feel, because a lot of times we just hold it inside of us and then we just keep chugging and sometimes it just needs to come out and then that that's just such a relief to just get it out somehow some way whether or not it's on paper but you should be documenting how you feel because if you're not yeah. by the time you get to work you're you in the throes of everything you don't forgot and that feeling yes, still is there
0: You're absolutely going to forget. And then it's watch your words. Not just words that are spoken in anger, because everybody says watch that. I forgot I had eye makeup on today, wiping it off. But just watch your words, even to how you talk to yourself. Uh Are you you talking encouragement or are you talking defeat? Because if you spend more time, oh... and I'm I'm really bad with this I get into a because I, I hate my hair sometimes so then if I'm hating my hair then the rest of me's ugly too or you know I, I will go through and then I'm like I just feel ugly today then I, you know as last week I try to find you know pull out pretty pictures that I think and I go through Facebook oh, I like that picture I like that picture that picture okay that's still me I'm not quite that ugly.
1: Mm -hmm. You know,
0: or, you know, I have a friend some time ago, uh, I was having this conversation with her and she sent me a thing and she said, you're not even in the um, zip code of ugly. So I copied that and I, I can go see that every now and then to remind myself because for women who are aging and I'll speak for me and I'm pretty sure others feel the same way. Unless you're having work done continually you do feel the, you do see the aging process on your face mm-hmm. and you can remember yourself when you was younger and there's, you just don't see yourself in the same way and think I'm pretty. Mm-hmm. People who meet you for the first time will see the beauty in you. But sometimes when you live with you and see yourself age, you forget it
1: because mm-hmm. you still
0: see yourself. It's the weirdest thing and Berlene, I know you will go through this when you're older as well. Because everybody I know who is older, we all say the same thing you do not really see yourself as you are you see yourself at that age that you love the best- mm-hmm. so you know i, I and sometimes I look at myself I go oh that's right I don't look 32 anymore and you just you just do- mm-hmm. and i I don't it's not whether it's a good or a bad it's an ism. And so sometimes you just have to speak to yourself and remind yourself, so use your words wisely, you know, speak positivity to yourself. And if you do that and practice that, and don't become complacent with it, and when you are having a down moment, find that person you can speak to that will be encouraging back to you. Yeah. And and I, I, I kudos to you, B, because you do that for me.
1: Oh well, yes, you thank, do. Thank you.
0: And because there, and cause there are gonna be times like that, so watch your words.
1: Yeah, I'm. All, I'm a big proponent. Um, I just did this with Alina earlier. She asked me, if "We're gonna go out to dinner later." And she had her outfit on and I told her I would do this from now on. I think I told her like six months ago because, you know, she's at that age where other people's opinion matters. And I understand that because I've been a teenager before. So I do recognize that there's that component of wondering what other people think of you. So what I told her and I do it often because I do it to myself. But I'm a little bit older, so I still have to recognize that I'm older. And at this age, I don't necessarily care what other people think of me. I care what I think of me, you know, for the most part. Because, again, I'm not going out in the world, like, trying to, like, take it over. So I'm not, I don't think I'm a bad person. So she came in my room, and she's like, how do you like my outfit? And I said, I like it, but how do you like it? Yeah. You know, I can tell you what I think. But I also feel like when you are in the throes of always looking for other and she's 13, so I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing, but I want to get her in that the habit want to cultivate. of yes, I think it's nice or I think it's whatever, but you should be okay with it. What do you think of it? Because when you're okay with it, you walk
0: different, you talk different. And, you know, it's, it's really hard for people. Because I know when I, like yesterday, I did my face up for a Zoom meeting. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was looking good. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and, you know, and I was a, a little cockier. It was so funny. Jim, in one of our um, Zoom meetings, he was like,
1: okay, she put eyeliner on today, folks. Look out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's back. (laughs) Yeah. So it's really about you. Like, what do you think of you? And that's really the most important thing back to you being your home. What do you think of yourself? Well, and that's like, you know, speaking positively to yourself,
0: encouraging yourself. And that slides right into associating with positive people. If you have people who are putting you down all the time, or not, you know, it's all about them, it's never about you, then, you know, or they are the doomsday, I, and I'm sure you know people too, they're the doomsday machine. No matter what's going on, they can find bad in it. hmm
1: And just, you don't need to be around those people. Or very much limit yourself. It's funny because um, I don't think she listens, but I was invited to a party yesterday, which I did not go to, and it was just like there were several individuals there that I just knew I did not want to see. Like I just was like, no, like I love your mom, but a I'm a germaphobe. B they're not gonna have my mask. C I don't think these people got vaccines. D e, and I don't want to see these people. And E I don't want to be here. Anyways. And so <laughs> you have me at, no, I don't want to go, but ba- basically like, that's what it is. It's like, you know, like you should be okay saying, I don't want to go or like, I can't make it. And even though I have these reasons as to why I don't want to do it, because I know I won't feel good. And you, you. You have to take care of you, especially when you're an adult. It's not like I'm a child that I got to ride in the car with my mom and make it here. But you, as an adult, sometimes have to set that boundary. Like, where this is and where I am is not where I want to be. Right. So, because of that...
0: Physically and emotionally. Physically
1: and emotionally, I don't want to be here. So, let me take myself out of this situation, And I think a lot of it boils down to, and I'm only going to speak for women. I can't speak for men if men have differing opinions, but I'm only speaking for women that, and because I am one, I think for a lot of times are as a woman, your self-worth is not placed within you it's placed on how you are to, in relation to other people. Yeah. So if that is what you've been ingrained to, that in relation, you are this in relation to a man, you are this in relation to a child, what about how you are in relation to yourself? What if you don't have the man? What if you don't have the child? What if you don't have the job? What if you don't want to pretend to be dumb? Like, there are a lot of things that is always in relation to... Pretend to be dumb? Yeah, because, you know, men... Some men don't like smart women. Oh. So.
0: I don't think I ever did that. I,
1: no, <laughs> I, I can't do it either. I couldn't do it, but I think a lot of the time. Even my silence speaks. <laughs> yeah, but again, there are. I've, I've heard that there are some men who want to be coddled and men that, again, why are you speaking right now? You don't know this because you're a woman. Yeah. You know? So then you flip the script and then. Now you become more silent. Now you become less opinionated because in relation to him, that's where it is. They've trained you to that. They've trained you to that. And I think society trains women to not necessarily see worth within ourselves that isn't outside of ourselves, that isn't in relation to how we look.
0: Well, and I think it's good that in this particular one about associating with positive people, you bring up men in relationship to women. Because we talked about this, you and I, this week, that women will allow men to do that to them. Silence them, quiet them, train them for the appropriate behavior. So when I say associate with positive people, I'm even speaking of men. Mm-hmm. So if there's a man in your life and he's not positive, he's not, you know, building you up, encouraging you, you might want to, you know, take a look at that. I'm not saying pack up your children and go or throw him out. I, I ain't saying none of that. I'm saying you might want to look at that. Because sometimes as women, we think all our relationships, good and bad, are we're talking about other women our mm-hmm. other friends the man you wish should be that friend mm-hmm. he should be that positive person he should be feeding into you and building you up just as you do him
1: because mm. i should sure be doing it both ways doing it.
0: but we tend to put that relationship over here in a special case it's like it's on a special shelf it's a special case so it's special Mm-hmm. It, it, it's different rules. No, the rules aren't different. They're the same. They're human. You're human. Yep. If they're not treating you in a positive manner, then it, it will eventually, You're if you are treating them positively, it's not going to last. No. I've had friendships with women that, when if a if friendship with another woman and they're not feeding positive and everything is negative, 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 Eventually, you're gonna come to a crossroads, yeah, where you decide what you
1: ain't married to them, I ain't got kids with them. You're a friend, cut off. And some people stay, unfortunately, too. And you gotta be at some point. There's a breaker. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you need to be able. Part of having self-worth is having boundaries and being able to speak and advocate for yourself. And I think when we don't advocate for ourselves, we, we miss the mark because we silently suffer. We silently put anxiety on ourselves. We, and we're so afraid to lose what?
0: And during that, that's not positively speaking to yourself. No, that's not using good words to build you up. Mm hmm. And you're not even helping anybody around you because by now you've dug a hole that you're living in. Pretty much. And that's where you are. And, and then in the end, we cannot appreciate when a good thing happens. Even with, because we, we have not started out our day positively, we haven't encouraged good things and blessings to come our way. We're we're not looking at things in and, and, and a positive way. If you start in a positive way, it's hard to look at stuff that's coming at you in a mm-hmm. positive way. You're not watching your words, if you're even using words at this point. Mm-hmm. Some of you may be shut down to where you're not even speaking. Mm-hmm. So you're not speaking to yourself even inside your head. And if you are, it's not positive. And then you're associating around people who aren't building you up. And if they're not building you up, you can't speak to them. You cannot share your miseries or your upsetments to where they can kind of catch you and help you or even say,
1: say a therapist. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And so then there you are at the end of your road. And you're going to do a couple of things. You're going to pack up all that misery, put it in that suitcase and tote it carry it everywhere with you, you're going to become complacent. You're going to become disassociated, unhappy, and miserable.
1: And I think, again, at the end of the day, though some people may want to call it like, oh, I want to be rich, and I want to be skinny, and I want to be this. I think at the very end of the day, we all want to live a fulfilled life. That's one of the things that I am striving for is living a fulfilled life. And when you don't work on yourself, and then you're not good to yourself in return, probably not being good to other people around you. I think you live less of a fulfilled life and who amongst us really wants to, I think we all want to somehow be better than we were the day before and i am very i was talking to someone and he was like oh no not me i'm perfect and i was like "Hmm, duly noted like because again who amongst us is if you're perfect i can't tell you nothing because you you don't do any you don't have any flaws and again enable you're not working on anything you're not working on anything because you're perfect. Oh yeah. And to me that's a red, that's a flag on the play. If someone comes up to you and they're like, no, of course not, I'm perfect.
0: Cause how Cause can Because even you... if they're kidding, they're not.
1: No. So again, like how do you how are you fulfilled when you don't know what holes might need to be, you know, put some spackle on that? And in the very end of it all,
0: you want to, you want to be in every day. If you start your day in that positive frame, end your day in that positive frame, you know, for me it's thanking God for this day, the things that I have done, asked to be, you know, re take a minute and review what you've done that day. And it doesn't take long. You know, the things that were good and bad and the bad things. You know, pray to do better tomorrow Mm -hmm. and don't grieve them because the day is coming to a close. You can't fix it. No. If you stub your toe going down the steps that morning, you can't go back down the steps and say, okay, it's good. I didn't stub my toe this time. You still stubbed it this morning. So just, hey, tomorrow I'll be more careful going down the steps you know, I'll be more careful with my words. People, and and I love that you brought up, I don't think we expect perfection out of each other. No. But we do expect the word that's been bantered all around the internet of late accountability. Yeah. And you got to work on that too. That takes practice. Mm-hmm. So everything here takes practice so that you don't what is your word, Berlin? Become complacent. complacent, and most of us are living in complacency. We just—it's such a comfortable spot. Nothing grows. We don't even know that we're complacent.
1: Nothing grows because everything
0: is sort of like when my grandma would go out, and I'd go with my grandma where she used to clean, and it was folks photons. And she would tell me always lift up everything and dust under it. She said because people have a tendency to dust around
1: mm-hmm. and there's
0: still dirt, whatever was under there, you didn't get. Mm-hmm. So pick up, move everything, clean it and put it, then you can put it back. And we need to do that sometimes with our lives. Pick and ourselves, up, yeah. Pick up everything, clean under it, clean it out. You know, unpack that that suitcase of woes. And like you say, it's not going to be as bad as you think. And even if it is, okay, unpack it let's go
1: a lighter load for you to carry
0: and try to carry nothing and you know what skip through your day if you're not dragging and toting all this luggage because i I, going forward in life i don't want to meet someone and say well tell me a little bit about yourself while i'm carrying so much luggage how much time do you have (laughs) (laughs) i know but
1: people aren't honest like that they'll be like I'm good. You know, nice. I, I don't, I, I want
0: to be able to say, you know what, life isn't perfect, but I, today is better than it was yesterday. There you go. And, you know, I want that as a little motto. There you go. Put that on my headstone. Her day is better today than it was yesterday. You can see on my headstone, I'll be in heaven. So, woo,
1: party over here. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, are we at our self care portion?
0: Yes. Did you have anything to add or?
1: No, I mean, just take care of yourselves. I think take care of yourselves, make honest assessment, reach out to your resources as you can, journal, do, do something that kind of aligns yourself so that when the going gets hard, you at least have something you can pick from to at least make you feel better even if it's for five minutes. But But I I hope and I wish that for everyone that we live a life that is full of flourishment and a life that is full of growth. So that's all I have there.
0: And I just want you to remember you're never really alone. Even when you think you are, you're not. And somebody is there who's willing to help, who's willing to encourage, who will who is willing to bless your day. Just keep your eyes open and do the same for others. And you'll see more of them.
1: Mm-hmm. So now we are at our self-care. And portion. that would be you, not me. Yes, Woo-hoo. it's me. <laughs> so my, this is going to be about music. But one of the things that I do, like I'll like. Alina hates being in the car with me sometimes because I'll, like, have all these songs that I've liked, and then, like, I'll go to the track portion of it and just shuffle it. So normally when I shuffle it, it just, the genres just change from one to another. Um, But yesterday morning, I had to take Alina to school. So um, we ended up listening to Caccini's Ave Maria which is so beautiful it's, it's classical music but that's a really good version of ave maria to me so we're there in the car and we're listening to it and i'm like you know i already know that there are some black classical composers but there is some health benefits to like listening to classical music and i know like mm-hmm. it might not be like the thing for some people but I would you know there are some health benefits to it such as you know I used to funny thing when Alina was in even born and she was in my belly I would have her listen to like a tape of like classical music for a little bit and I'm pretty sure you know that's part of the reason why she's as smart as she is right now because she got it in the womb but I might I might be wrong I used to read to Juliana, listen to the same thing with me, all, even music I didn't like. Yeah, but it does have a positive impact on your physical and mental well-being, and, you know, if you think about having a hectic day at work, and, you know, just living in the middle of a pandemonium, you know, listening to, like, classical music actually reduces your stress by reducing your cortisol levels in your body, and that's the stress level um that's a stress hormone and it's true with tracks that have regular rhythms or low pitch and it also has been proven to um with pregnant women who played a classical album every week were less likely to experience depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. so then it does boost your brain power as well by both productivity and brain power which is known as the mozart effect And I will say that when I was doing graduate, when I was doing my graduate courses, I really wasn't listening to music with words because it was distracting. Yeah. So I would also, I would then listen to, um, you know, classical music and I graduated with a 3.97. So it's not like, you know, it helped. And kind of focusing and staying, you know, in tune and kind of having something in the background as well. And again, it is a way we commute. So instead of like listening to like a talk show radio or whatever, or the news, or the news in your car, um, maybe listening to some classical music might help. Now, Regarding the black composers, which I mentioned earlier, I know that a lot of the times we think, when you think of classical music, you think of white men. And in the history of America, and I'm pretty sure in some places in Europe as well, it wasn't only them who had that affinity to music. So we do have some again, hidden figures within our society who have contributed to classical music. And for those who might not, you know, and I think it does sound different because it's telling a different story. So I wanted to give out some classical composers. And if you look on the internet or through your streaming devices, I was able to find Pretty much all of them. Some sort of recording of them. Particularly their,
0: now, they're making a point of posting them.
1: Yes, some sort of recorded concerto or album of these classical composers. So I wanted to give you guys a few lists just in case you wanted to take a listen. You have William Grant Still, who might be one of the most notable ones. Um, Florence Price who is a woman, Um, I was listening to her, and I just liked it, her symphony in E minor yesterday in the car, and it was so, and I guess it's almost better to listen to a car or somewhere where you have really good sound, Um, but it was so good because it was just like, there were portions of it where you thought that it just decrescendoed, which is basically it got lower in sound, And you could feel the climax about to happen, and the climax didn't happen. And I was like, that is so smart, because you're thinking that's where the music is going to go.
0: And it doesn't.
1: And it doesn't. But when it does, it was absolutely exceptional. So, her symphony in E minor, if you haven't heard it already... I heard it yesterday, and I like favorited it because it's really good. You have Samuel Cool Cool. I might be saying Col- Taylor, um, who's an English composer. George Walker, Scott Joplin, Margaret Bounds, Robert Nathaniel, Winston Marcellus. Like there are so many people, and a lot are- of
0: people are surprised by Winston Marcellus that he also does classical yes. music. Yes.
1: So there are so many people that we can pull from and identify with. And imagine being, you know, taking your child to school one day and them knowing that this piece of music that is regarded in some places as, you know, high-end or music of the bourgeoisie, that you have individuals who are in our community that contributed that to that like us that looked like us yes so i think even that is a great way to explore with your children and with yourself a little bit of history that sometimes we're left out of but you know it still has its benefits as well and it is
0: very soothing if you're struggling with something that's a, it's a good thing to listen to yeah struggling and studying um that's exceptional to remind people of that to do that when their kids are studying play it yeah in the background instead of you know louder distracting music yeah you know it does open your brain up
1: yeah and i think it does so that's a
0: thank you because i completely forgot that you know and i do listen to it i haven't listened to it in a minute yeah. But thank you for the reminder. But that was I yeah,
1: good. Yeah. And, uh, Symphony in E minor by Florence Price. I was I was blown away by it. And I was just like, this is an absolute beautiful piece of music. And to be able to do that requires a certain level of genius to be able to put that on paper and create symphonies. So that is my self-care tip to you guys is to, you know, thank you. listen to a little bit of classical music and, you know, check out a lot of the black ones. As you're reading that book on the prophet, who are they? The prophet? Philosophers. Yeah. Yes. I'm reading a
0: magazine. That's a great combination. Yeah. To do those two things together. Yeah. All right. Look at there.
1: So that is all. I like that. You know? Well,
0: thank you. That's a very good one. I don't know if I'll be able to top that one next week.
1: it happens. (laughs) But it's not a competition. It happens. It is not.
0: It is not. Not at all. Well, thank you all for listening.
1: And as always, you know, please like, share, subscribe. Let us know how wonderful we are. I do enjoy doing this. It's almost been a year. Can you believe we're getting to that year mark? Um, I really enjoy doing it. But as always, be safe, be well, be easy, my kneesies and be blessed. All right, bye,
0: bye. I sent move. Do you know?